illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown, 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host from Brother the Beach. Beach, how you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing great now that our Skype is connecting. Yeah. Yep. So we are recording this Tuesday. We normally record Monday, but uh, my Skype uh, recorder was uh, needed to be updated, and we were just having issues, and it was just too damn late last night. So we decided to push it off till Tuesday, which which might be a good thing, right? Could be. A lot of news happened yesterday. A lot of news. So uh, real quick, uh, remember if you. Uh, Want to listen to us on your iPhone or Android device? You can do that on Stitch Radio app. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. If you want to get in contact with us, a couple easy ways, HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com. Also, at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter. Check out the Heinrich Tailgater Facebook page. All right, Beach, let's just jump yeah, right yeah, in. Well, and and please, leave a, please, please leave a rating and review. You know, say, you know, that Beach is one sexy son of a bitch or something would be great to hear. There you just go. saying. All right. So, Beach, it is time to talk about... Uh, well, some of the happenings that were going on. Whole, uh, all about uh, uh, Weinstein yeah. and all that crap going on? Is that what we're going to talk about? No, actually, <laughs> uh, obviously, yesterday, about 11.30 Monday morning, the news came out that Gary Anderson, head coach of the Oregon State Beavers and the university, had decided to mutually part ways. Do you know any insight on this, Billy? Have you read anything that, that well, says well, what provoked it? So what happened, I mean, it, they parted ways. So with that, they basically tore up his contract. Um, so he'll be paid, I believe, whatever's remaining through the end of the year for this year. But then the money for 2018, 19, 20, and 21 
which is about $12.4 million. He just left it on the table. Because theoretically, if the university, well, either the university would have been stuck dealing with the contract and with him as coach for the next few years, it was, or they, they could have terminated him and paid him, paid him a, a portion thereof. Well, he would to his, terminate the contract early. His contract was guaranteed, so they would have owed him all that money. Wow! So there was no there was no short uh, option. The only buyout is if he leaves early. Whoever would be, if he were to break the contract early on his side, be it for another job or whatever, mm-hmm. then he would owe the university buyout money. Okay. So yeah, but he did not do that. He basically tore up his contract and is walking away. Now, uh, this afternoon, Beach, there was a little bit more that came out. I, and I don't personally like this guy, mm-hmm. um, but uh, John Canzano, mm-hmm. um, who... Yeah, you, you always say you can't stand him. I've I, always I, heard you tell I, him. I can't stand him. But well, he tries to dig up crap half the time, doesn't he? Isn't he's, he? He's a muckraker. He's an, yeah, he's an ambulance chaser, muckraker. He's just going yeah. after any dirt he can get because he's bored. Yeah, which pisses me off because he's married to Anna Song, and I've always liked Anna Song on Channel 2. Who's Anna Song? She's a newscaster on Channel 2. Anyways. And so they're married, have kids, but I can't stand John Canzano. Anyways. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah she's been on there for quite a while. Yeah, okay. so they're married. Anyways, so um, today, this afternoon, John Canzano published an article. And in that article, uh, here, I'll, I'll just kind of briefly read through it. Um, Gary Anderson walked away on Monday threw in the keys and tore up a contract with Oregon State that would have paid him $12.6 million in guaranteed compensation over the next four years. Why quit and why now? That's become the question to ask, even after the Beavers' disappointing 1-5 start. And so maybe we should begin with some of his own words, sent to me via text over the last six weeks. Note, Anderson was aware the texts were going to be published, and we communicated on that front today. So, these are all texts that Anderson sent Canzano during the season. Okay. Okay. Be like before a game, after a loss, whatever. Yeah. So, okay. so now the, the season started with that 50, 58 to 27 loss on, I believe like the 26th or so of, yeah. of August. We had the, an early game. So this was the, the tweet that or the uh, text that Anderson sent to Kansano September 1st. Love my kids. Just want to see them take a step. Don't expect greatness, but I do want to see progress. I will fight. It's an interesting battle. However, I asked for it and love my kids. We still need to step up around here and stop being small time. We played hard as hell, blown coverages and poor run fits. Our youth hurt us bad. It's on us. This team should get to a bowl game. If not, I will be highly disappointed. Getting old. Patience isn't what it used to be. So right there, Beach. Now this is just me talking. So right there, obviously, he was still thinking the beef should get to a bowl game. Right? Yeah. Um, after, yeah. so, you know, Beavis finished, you know, four and eight last year, but finished strong. And so he was thinking, you know, thinking some pretty good things. So that's September 1st. Now, September 2nd, the Beavis had their second game, which was at home. And it was against Portland state who we've kind of found in the interim. Isn't that good a football team? And mm-hmm. the Beavis barely eked that one out 35 to 32 on September 3rd. Anderson sent Canzano another text. Quote, if the defense cannot get better, I will be making some decisions I really do not want, I do not like or want to make. We will grind. 
End quote. What 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 do you think he means by that's kind of cryptic? Well, this is what Conzano says. It was the first time that Anderson openly criticized his assistants. This would become a recurring theme in the post-game news conferences over the next few weeks. And I think that's what he meant by making some decisions I really do not like or want to make. Have to fire a coach. Yeah, make some changes. Mm -hmm. So, um, September 4th, so the next day, self-promoting, that's what this business has become. The biggest reason I am not long for this expletive deleted, which I believe probably was shit. Then he said, kids Mm -hmm. are a second thought or third or fourth. So he was really about his players. Yeah. Right. So now on September 9th, the Beavs have just lost 48 to 14 to Minnesota. Right. And OSU's mm-hmm. now one and two and he's getting frustrated. Part of it. He's got to know that becoming ball eligible is going to be really hard right now. Right. You yes. lost two games. Yeah. You're kind of counting on to get bowl game um, eligible. Mm-hmm. So this is mm-hmm. what he sent to Canzano quote. Hard place right now. One thing I guarantee you this is this. This staff needs to figure it out. I ain't going to die doing this expletive. It's on me, and I get that. And right now, Beaver Nation deserves much better. End of story. Can I make a comment to that text? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and, th- and this is something I mentioned to mom and dad when, when I called them with the news yesterday. Mm-hmm. Is Anderson doesn't look healthy. No, and, and no, and one of your comments, sir, he says, "I ain't gonna die doing this crap." Well, it, it makes me wonder if some, there's something else going on. I read something else that said he's lost 25 pounds this season mm-hmm. since the season started. Okay, yeah. So now this is um, Anderson on September 12th. So this is getting ready to play Washington State on the 16th. This is what he says: "I had them by the expletive for every penny. No buyout for the next four, not counting this year." But that's not my style. If it does not improve, I will do some crazy expletive with my salary so I can pay the right coaches the right money. So here it looks like he still wants to win, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? But he's kind of giving hints about what he might do. Now he's Mm -hmm. prepared to pay assistance, it looks like, out of what he's making, right? He was really giving Conzano a lot of information here. Yeah. But he basically saying, look, I'll, I will take some of my money and give it to coaches to get him in here so we can get this mm-hmm. thing turned around, right? He's also kind of also hinting that maybe Oregon State's not going to be on the hook for his salary if things don't improve. Now, yeah. the 16th, Washington State beats down Oregon State 52-23, to 23. Mm-hmm. okay? Then they have a bye week, then the Huskies and the Trojans. So September 20th, yeah. this is what he sent Canzano. I hired the wrong expletive guys and are still working our way through a bunch of recruiting years that stunk. It's year three. If these expletives can't get it right, I will not just fire them. I will not just say fire them and start over. That's not the way I go about it. If I expletive it up that bad, I will take the bullet and ride off into the sunset. I will stay old school. I will not die doing this expletive. Stay tuned. So now it's looking bad, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And he's got to know things aren't good. You've got two more top ten teams coming up. Mm-hmm. But it really sounds like he's not prepared to go one and eleven and then fire everybody and start over. Yeah. You know. Okay. Now, now he brought these coaches. He's the one that hired them, correct? Correct. I mean, he I mean he picked his own guys. Correct. It's not like they said, 
here, we're going to hire you, but you got to pick these guys to, to sub under you. Correct. Now, September 24th, he texts, I am fixing this place if it kills. Right. So that, that I, again, I, I, I keep hearing things like death and die and kill. And it makes me wonder if he's got health issues. But I that's just maybe what I'm pulling into it. I don't know. So but then <coughs> later that day, he texted uh, again, just landed in Eugene, rode back with Helfrich. I like that guy a lot. Wow. So and now Conzano, this is what he thinks. I suspect that Anderson might try to hire Helfrich at some point as a consultant. After all, the offense at OSU needed some imagination. Helfrich, who was doing some analyst work on television, would be an interesting hire. The Beavers were struggling and looked like they were running a high school scheme. Anderson shot that down, though. Um, Anderson later, because Canzano must have texted Anderson a question, asking him if he's going to hire Helfrich, and Anderson replied back, quote, Riot Act has been read to the staff. We shall see what takes place. I've got to see better football regardless Hold on, what, re- of who repeat we are that. playing. What, what, what has been – what? Riot Act has been read to the staff. Okay. We shall see what takes place. I have got to see better football regardless of who we're playing. Okay. So then Washington's up next, right? And Anderson wanted to see progress. So this is what he says. Same day. Need five graduate transfers in this class. I'm in a good spot. Got a lot of expletive everything in me, and that's when I'm at my best. Staff understands their expletive is on a short rope. We are not great today, but I expect to be better as we move forward this season. I like this fight. So some of that might be him trying to kind of give himself a pep talk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So now he had a meeting scheduled with the athletic director for 7 a.m. on the 25th. This was the Monday after OSU's bye week. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. Canzano says Anderson didn't seem particularly worried about the meeting, but was instead looking for support. And this is what Anderson texted him after the meeting. Was solid. We are on the same page overall. Eight games. See where myself and these coaches can get these kids. I respect Scott and won't hold him hostage. I expect to see improvement in our performance. Now, Anderson... Who's, 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 who's Scott? Scott Barnes is the athletic director. Now, Anderson and Barnes worked together at Utah State in the same capacities. So Anderson is head coach. Barnes is the Mm -hmm. athletic director there. Now, when Todd Stansbury left as the athletic director at OSU, Anderson lobbied university president Dr. Ed Ray to get Barnes as the head of the athletic department. And also, as a vote of confidence in Anderson, Dr. Ray gave Anderson a one-year contract extension during the AD hiring process. Now, that wow. wasn't announced until after Barnes was hired, but it was Ray's gesture. He would hire Barnes and go deep in the Gary Anderson business. Okay, But now on the 25th, Anderson also stated, it's Oregon State. Not bitching, trust me on that one. It is what it is. I made my bed. Grind and fight again tomorrow with my kids. I was in a bad funk on bye week. Now it will be with me, with my guys the rest of the way. So, dude's not used to losing. Yeah. Right. And he's not liking it at all. And he's not liking not having this progress in year three. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now Washington's. Because he's even expecting to have a turnaround by this year. Like he, he better wants, than 50% make a bowl. He wants a bowl game. Right. Yeah. So now obviously that week the Beavs play Washington. Have a very good first half. Holding it seven to nothing. But then it goes all to crap in the second half. And ends up being 42 to seven. Anderson's yeah. reply. After the game to Canzano was, that's my best shot. I will give it that. I will give it that again next week. 
this offense is embarrassing on me. Now, that was Anderson's thing. He would always say, you know, I hired the guys, so it's on me. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, USC was uh, the next week, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he was getting ready for it. Now, the AD in the meantime had said, you know, we've got a vote of confidence with Anderson. We're, 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 you know, we're going to ride him for a while. Now, Anderson on October 1st, the day after that game, said, I could give a flying expletive about natives. I don't know what that means. But then he continues, I have not looked or listened to any of that expletive, good or bad. My plan- Columbus, is that natives like Columbus Day? I don't think so. I, I think, I, 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 I don't know what that means. But then he says, my plan won't change. Coach my expletive off for these kids seven more times. They will get all I got. I will grind for these fans. They deserve that. Right? Mm-hmm. So that was on October 1st, and that was it, Beach. They they lost on on the on the uh, what was that the seventh? Mm-hmm. And uh, he went and saw Barnes on Sunday the eighth, and that's where they made the decision. Wow. So yeah, it's so. The more I look at it, I just I he obviously wasn't in this for the money. No. I think he was in it for the plants. Now, Beach, I don't know if you've heard this, but I saw it last night. So there's still recruiting going on right now. And some people I follow on Twitter, one guy tweeted out that um, a four-star quarterback uh, recruit that's already committed to Oregon State, mm-hmm. he said that after talking to Anderson yesterday, he's still committed to Oregon State. Wow. So Anderson... He's still closing the deals. He's still... He's still out there trying to get these kids to come to Oregon State. Yeah. He didn't hamstring the university. He could have stayed until they fired him and and had to pay him all that money. But he basically gave it back. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to be fired. I'm not doing my job right because we should be better than this. I don't know of a man in college football that – I believe is this honorable. No, not at all. It's, 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 it's quite, I, I don't know. It's, it's dumbfounding to a certain extent. What, who, who, who would walk away from millions of dollars? Exactly. You know, all, all, on all he had to do, I mean, on, I mean, not to sound callous, all he had to do was show up literally for another, what, 10, 15 games before they'd probably just give up and fire him. Yeah. You know, he, he he could he could have alcohol in the coach's office. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> Depend, depending, you know, if he was playing down at USC, but yeah, but yeah, I, but I'm I just, mean, I'm just saying it's it's to me it's kind of nuts. Yeah, funny how funny how he had the conversation with Helfrich. So they were flying back together just by chance. I believe so. Yeah. Huh. You know, I keep hearing these rumors like, hey, maybe Oregon State should pick up Chip, Chip Kelly. I'm like, you know, if we were to pick up a coach, I'd take Helfrich before I'd take Chip Kelly. So yeah. I thought Helfrich had some class. I, I Chip Kelly has no class. Uh, I don't think you hire Chip Kelly because you're just opening up a hornet's nest. Damn right, Charlie. The guy's a cheater. Yeah. Um, That's what he is. That's how he lives. Yeah, and there's too many people in this at, at this school that would just – they would – Yeah. 
they would uh, they would revolt. Um, I don't think you. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think you can. You can pick from your. From your you, you can't you can't date your brother's wife. So <laughs> No. No. I don't think you can go after your 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 uh your uh your your cross state rivals former coaches. I think no. that's I think that's a little no. class. And and I don't think Helfrich is a head coach guy. I think he's probably a very, very good offensive coordinator. Yeah. And a very, very good uh you know, evaluator of talent. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he coached Mariota to a Heisman. Is he the one that is is he the one that uh, got Mariota? Did he bring that, or was that Chip Kelly? Well, I think Mary, I think Helfrich was the recruiter of him. I think he was the oh, guy right. that recruited him. Yeah, was the lead recruiter on that. But I just don't think he's a head guy. Um, yeah. I know some people have suggested we'll bring back Mike Riley. I, I don't think you do that retread again. I like Mike Riley, and I appreciate everything he did for this university and this football team, um, which I don't think he gets enough credit for. But that said, he's getting up there in years, and I just don't think that's – it's not going to play well with another half of the of the fan base. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who they should get. Um, you know, you know just, just reminiscing about all the years that we've been watching Oregon State football, and I still will have to say the funnest time I've ever had watching games is when Dennis Erickson was our coach. Yeah. The, those years were just freaking – fun. I mean, not only did we have a good shot of winning every game, but just watching the team, they were on fire out there. They were excited to be playing. Um, I like the swagger. Oh yeah. And I've, I've never, and again, was it a little too much? Maybe a little bit dropping the ball before you get to the end zone in the, in the, uh, uh, Fiesta bowl and a couple other things. There's a little bit too much arrogance going on, Mm -hmm. but it was still better than seeing what we see regularly, mm-hmm. which is just a, a team that doesn't seem to have any confidence. Not um, right now. No. Yeah. So at beach on, on this note too. So their new head coach, well, the interim head coach is yeah. coach Corey Hall, who is actually the def- He was the cornerbacks coach. Yeah. That's what I heard. Leading this. That's which, kind of an obscure coach to bring in well, to as me, the head coach. To me, to me, that's telling that they didn't have one of the coordinators take over. Because they're he has no confidence. In I, I I well I think the offensive coordinator is a pile of crap. They actually kind of have two, which is ridiculous. Now and, did this did 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 this uh, offensive coordinator come with him from his previous team? No, he's one that he's hired. But okay, I just you know I, I there's no flow to the offensive play calling. There's no, you know what I mean. It oh, yeah. literally to me looks like they've got all the plays in a hat and they just randomly pull one out. Okay. This is what we're running next. This is what they're running next because there's just, there's no flow. It's just, it's horrible. You can't tell what the hell they're trying to do. You can't tell what they're trying to set up, what they're trying to establish. It's just a mismatch garbage. Well, I wonder what this guy's, um, I wonder what his resume says. You know, one of the things that kind of shocked me, uh, I didn't get to watch the second half of the game, but there was a, a play, I guess, where I was listening to Riley, where they thought Parker. they got the first down, or Parker, yeah, where they got Parker, and they got the, they thought they got the first down, but they didn't. They were like, they spotted the ball short, and so it was actually third down, and they ended up going for a long ball because they thought they had the first down. I don't know. And know. then they I, ended up, 
it, it was a messed up thing. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I, I can understand Parker missing it. You know, he's, he's trying to call a lot of stuff on the field, but I would damn well think that somebody on the offensive team on the offensive side, whether it be player or coaches are either looking at the stick man or, or looking at the ref or somehow even looking at the scoreboard, seeing what the hell down it was because yeah. they, they, I guess they had third and short and they went for a long play. Didn't get it. And ended up having to punt because huh. they thought they were going to be playing a second down. Yeah, well, and it just, uh, I don't know. Like I said, that game was just frustrating. You know, should the Bees have won? I mean, it, probably not. But it should have been a hell of a lot closer. It sure, those tweets sure give you, or those those tech messages sure give you an understanding of his thought processes, though probably better than any interview is ever going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's mad at himself and frustrated. And I mean, I just, I... I feel sorry for anybody that that is stuck and can't get out of a problem, mm-hmm. you know, or has no way of fixing it. Um. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so yeah, Corey Hall will be the interim head coach. Um, he did play in the NFL. He's only in his second year here as a coach at Oregon State, but he does have some coaching experience. Played six years in the NFL. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, I would imagine Anderson probably helped pick him out. Yeah. Um, and I bet he's someone that the players, he feels the players will respond to. Yeah. So anyways, so it's going to be interesting to did, see what happens here on out. Did, did he have a meeting with the players? Yes, he did. Okay. Anderson met the players. I guess there was a lot of tears, a lot of hugs. Um, Barnes met with the uh, players and then Hall met with the players. So anyways, we'll just, you know, it's going to be interesting last uh, half just, of the season here. I was going to say, it just sucks to bring all this drama to the damn field when all you want to do is play football. The other thing that I like, too, not to beat this thing, but he really has a lot of respect for the fans, too. Yeah. No, that that was kind of cool to hear that, you know, the fans deserve better. And, you know, I, when I think of a coach, I always think that their most goal is, you know, I, I, more narcissistic. I want to win. I want to look good. I want to have a great team. But he's really doing it for the players and the fans. Yeah. That's why he's there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So anyways, so about beat that to death. And, you know, we'll see how things play out from here, Beach. Okay. We'll see how things play out from here. I still think the Beavs, there's a couple of possibilities of wins out there. Yeah. You know, but damn, they got to do something with that offense. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. I mean, they, quite frankly, they need a quarterback. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that when we, when we get to the game. So uh, let's talk some uh, other Beaver sports news. First up, women's volleyball, Beach. Freaking, I love women's volleyball, now, Billy. It had been 41 days since the Oregon State volleyball team had played in Gill Coliseum, but the Beavs picked up where they left off back on August 26th, beating Cal 3 to nothing Friday night. It was the first conference victory of the season for OSU. Now, they scrapped and fended off four match points in the final set, but then they ultimately fell to number two Stanford in three sets on Sunday afternoon. It was the uh, fourth time in six-pack 12 matches that the Beavs have faced a ranked team because it's the Pac-12. So the Beavs fell to 11-7 overall, 1-5 in the Pac-12, and returned to the road to play at Washington in Seattle on Friday and are at Washington State in Pullman on Sunday. A little little apple sandwich going on up there. There you go. Uh, On to women's soccer. Oregon State battled Washington to 0-0 tie on Thursday. Then senior Emma Jones came up with a spectacular golden goal to give the Oregon State women's soccer team a 1-0 double overtime win over Washington State Sunday afternoon. 
Now the Beavs are 4-6-3 and three overall, 1-3-1 one, and one in the Pac-12, and will take on Arizona at 7 on Friday. Can I interrupt for just a quick second here? This is the kind of crap that pisses me off. Okay, they battled to a freaking tie on Thursday, but then they have a double overtime win on, what, Saturday? Yeah, because but if you don't win in overtime, then it just it, the game's over. That's when then why do you have even freaking overtime if you're not going to come up with a winner? That's just horse crap right there. This is why soccer will never be a major sport in America, because the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Pretty much. Okay. All right, Beach, on to men's soccer. Uh, led by forward duo of junior Don Chalo and senior Jordan Jones, the Oregon State University men's soccer program turned in its first Pac-12 win of the year, 2 to nothing against San Diego State on Sunday morning at Paul Lorenz Field. The Beavs are 4-7-0, uh, 1-2-0 in the Pac-12, and will head south later this week to take on Cal on Thursday, October 12th. That game will be broadcast live on the Pac-12 networks with a kickoff set for 4 o'clock. All right, Beej, um, on to wrestling, our first wrestling update of the year. Ooh. The Oregon State wrestling team will have to shine on the road this season as the Beavs travel to wrestle some of the best programs in the nation. Duels with Michigan, South Dakota State, Stanford, and Arizona State, among others, comprise a challenging 2017-2018 season. Now, the Beavs uh, wrestle five schools who finished in the top 25 at the NCAA championships last season. The first of these comes on December 10th when they head to Ann Arbor, to battle the University of Michigan. The Wolverines finished 10th at the NCAAs last season. Uh, now, coming up, the annual Orange and Black Interscod scrimmage will be held November 6th. Oregon State opens its dual meet home schedule uh, November 9th with a match against Eastern Washington at 7. All righty. So, with all that, Billy, you said that uh, the Beavs, that first, um, they're channeling some of the best programs in the nation. Challenging. Michi- yes. Yeah, Michigan, South Dakota State, Stanford, Arizona State. So uh, is Oregon one of those two? Is one of those teams this year? Sadly, no, Beach. Uh, Oregon cut their wrestling program for baseball. Oh, and they still haven't brought it back with Oregon State being champions. They haven't decided to delve back, delve back into it simply for the fact that they can't stand the other team in the state being better or or being mentioned more than they are. Nope, not yet narcissistic sons of bitches all right beach coming up uh women's swimming visiting i gotta try this say this visiting the utangzu aquatic center for the first road trip of 2017 the oregon state university swimming program took on southern cal and cal state university bakersfield last week in a tri-meet the beavers fell to both the trojans and the roadrunners um, 185 to 92 and 203 to 88, respectively. As sophomore Felicia Anderson led OSU in the event. So they had a three-way in the pool. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. Up next is women's basketball. Okay. How? Yeah. how I'm, it is awesome. You know they took that off of our damn little card this year, so we don't get in free. Yeah, I know we got to pay this year. <laughs> The Oregon State women's basketball team returned to the court last Wednesday as the Beavs hosted their first practice of the new season. Now, Oregon State enters the year with a young squad, with Marie Gulich serving as the team's only senior. Now, the 6'5 center is an all-pack 12 selection and finished second on the team in scoring last season. She was the only Oregon State player to appear in all 104, uh, all, in all 104 games over the last three seasons and is closing in on 100 career shot blocks. Wow. Now, the Beaver backcourt is headlined by sophomore Michaela Pivik, 
who earned Pac-12 All-Freshman honors after averaging 7.5 points and 5 rebounds per game last season. She will be joined by juniors Katie McWilliams and Taylor Calmer. Wow, so we didn't really have a whole lot of juniors going into last year, huh? Mostly mm-hmm. just seniors and and uh, a couple seniors, a few seniors and freshmen, and and a lot of under under under. Yep. Wow. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully our uh, our uh, age won't show. All right. And with that, beads, we'll talk to some about some men's basketball. The Oregon State men's basketball team will host an open practice and select a seat at Gill Coliseum this Saturday, beginning at 10.30 in the morning. Now, admission is free, and fans are encouraged to stop by and see the 2017-2018 season for our squad for the first time this season. The event will include a scrimmage and a dunk contest. Now, a Giant Killers t-shirt will be given to the first 500 fans in attendance. There will also be a raffle contest and a celebration for Benny's birthday party. Now, if you've never ha- sat courtside in Gill, this is your chance to experience the action from the front row or check out the action from behind the Oregon State bench. Fans are invited to move around Gill Coliseum and take in the happenings from various locations. So that's what the select a seat is? Yeah, what I think they're trying to do is get people to buy some uh, season tickets. Okay. So here, sit around, check it out. These are the price ranges. Yep. Do they do they have varying uh, prices for where you sit? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So. How are we going to be this year? How does how's our men's basketball team look like they're going to perform? Hopefully better than last year. Hopefully, okay. we, uh, let's stay healthy. That's the big thing right now. Yeah, because that killed us last year, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Tinkle's kid got just right nailed right in the early part of the season, wasn't it? Correct. Did he, does he redshirt that, or does he get a medical, or is that just a lost season for him? Um, I think he can get a medical, but we'll wait and see. I don't know if it's been okay. handed out yet. Okay. Hey, Billy, do you hear that? Oh, my God, Peach, I do. Son of a bitch. I I, tur- I I I I fixed it. I greased the little bastard. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Billy. Yeah, you lubed that sucker up good, didn't you? I I'm I'm good at lubing stuff, Billy. I'm damn good at lubing stuff. Right. Hey, Billy. Yes. This just in, from the failing Daily Emerald in Eugene, Oregon. Columbus Day should not be forgotten. According to Matteo Senberg, of the. Uh, Failing Daily Daily Emerald, on October 9th, he wrote the following article. Christopher Columbus was a European explorer, uh, explorer who exploited and enslaved native people in the Americas, but we should still celebrate his holiday on October 9th. Although his legacy is rightfully tarnished by his acts under Spanish authority, his arrival to the New World should be celebrated and discussed, not covered up and forgotten by revision. Columbus landing proclaimed the arrival of Europe into uncharted territory and the beginning of a cultural bridge that stretched across the Atlantic Ocean. The initial purpose of the connection was for imperialistic gain for Spain, but the long-term effect of this Old World versus New World clash was greater. After the pillaging, enslavement, and pain, what was left was a beautiful mix of blood and culture. The intermixing between Spaniards, indigenous peoples, and African slaves created what is affectionately known as the cosmic race. For this reason, Columbus Day is celebrated as Dia de la Raza, or Day of the Race, in Latin America to commemorate the beginning of Latino culture. Latinos would not exist without Columbus and his treacherous journey across the Atlantic, and the mark he left in Latin America is more significant than only the bad things he did while here. The mark he left still runs through the blood of Latinos across the Americas. I'm going to interrupt here, okay? 
blah, 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 blah. This is the biggest bunch of bullshit I've read in quite some time, and they didn't even come from CNN. Here are the facts. This generation of video game playing snowflakes doesn't even know what the hell an Atari 2600 is. Do you think they give two shits about Christopher Columbus? They don't. They don't give a rat's ass about anything except their own narcissistic selves and how they appear on social media. That is the only reason why they care about Columbus or anything for that matter. So they can post something on Twitter that makes them appear more caring and concerned than their friends. They will support anything that does not require them to put forth any money or effort. Now I ask you, Billy, do I care what other people think of me? Not really. Hell no! Why? Because their opinions are crap. Here's the facts. You know why we have Columbus Day? It's not because anybody cares about Columbus. It's not because it's because some poor wops had no wop to look up to. So back in 1937, when the Italians were hauling their garbage, uh, because they were all garbage people at the time, or they were dealing with organized crimes, they said, hey, let's give these poor garlic eaters something to celebrate. And the only famous wop they could find was Columbus. So they said, let's make Columbus Day. I mean, they figured, hey, the Krauts already have Oktoberfest. The Germans don't need anybody to look up to because they're already the smartest sons of bitches on the planet. The <laughs> Brits didn't need anything since they laid claim to the country and we speak their gosh damn language. And, and the blacks get Kwanzaa because some militant professor at UCLA Berkeley or UCLA was freaking bored. Yeah. And, and the Irish had uh, St. Patty's Day. Exactly. And they made up Cinco de Mayo and used Cesar Chavez for the Mexicans. Now, here's the stupid thing. I was down at OSU a couple weeks ago, Billy, during the game, and I walked up by the Cesar Chavez Hispanic Cultural Center, mm -hmm. and on the window they had an anti-Trump, anti-wall rhetoric up there, right? And now, Billy, who hated illegal immigration? Cesar Chavez. He freaking hated it. He wanted mass deportation of, of the Mexicans, and he referred to them all as wetbacks. So these sons of bitches don't even know their own damn people they celebrate and name buildings after. So here's the basic synopsis on Columbus Day for this jackass from the Daily Emerald. Shut the hell up, you stupid moron. And all your caring and concern for these people who have been dead for 100 years. Let the WAPs have their frickin' day already. You post on Facebook or your article in the school newspaper ain't going to fix shit. It's a, it's a damn government and banker's holiday anyway. The rest of us in the world call it Monday and love the fact that traffic is light. <laughs> okay, then. There you go. You know, uh, the, the thing I hate about it is there's a lot of misinformation about Christopher Columbus. They've, you know, they, but they've to, they've labeled him. You know, they 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 they've created the narrative oh, exactly. that they want to create. They drive the narrative. It's just like mm -hmm. the narrative of Walt Disney being mm -hmm. anti-Semitic, sexist, and a racist. You can't judge people with current eyes through the times of when they were alive. Correct. You can't judge the past with today's lenses. It, it doesn't work. And you, 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 and actually, you know, there's a lot of it. Columbus didn't like slavery. Mm -hmm. If you read his diary, he had big issues with it. Mm -hmm. He didn't like the way people were treated. He, you know, he he didn't he didn't want the natives treated poorly. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it, it's it, but people drive narratives that they want to push, and and that's all you're gonna hear. Exactly. So, so, and, and, but again, I don't think much of Columbus day anyway. We never even celebrated it when we were kids, no. you know, you might've talked about school. Christopher. Yeah. And when you talked about Christopher Columbus, you're dealing with an elementary school and what do you learn about? Well, you'll, you'll learn that they, they came over, they thought they were going to India, they landed here and voila, the Americas were discovered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, and, and you don't get into the, the dirt and the stuff. You don't talk – you mean you don't get into the hugely positive things he did nor the negative things. You just tell the basic facts. He discovered it, at least as far as, you know, as far as, as, far as European – As far as Europe was concerned. European, yeah, as far as Europe was concerned. Because I think they said the Nor- um, the Vikings had been here several times, but yeah. I think the communications between wasn't as good. But, but anyway, I just don't care. You I know, I, I completely agree. Like I, I said, it's just a freaking banker's – and government holiday. Okay. All it does is get those bastards off the road so I can have a decent commute one day out of the week. Well, Beach, our next uh, our next um, bye week coming up, or uh, uh-huh. maybe even next week, maybe you should look into them wanting to rename buildings on OSU's campus. Oh, and, and their their hatred for for Gil because he didn't have enough uh, yeah. for Gil Coliseum because he didn't have enough black players he because didn't have any. Well, nobody yeah. did <laughs> because the blacks weren't going to the universities at that time. No, it just nobody did. It, anyways, no. but yeah. but but you know well and you know what I love how it doesn't matter what people want to do. It's the matter of the percentage that they make up in society that they should be represented in everything. But we don't go into basketball and tell people, well, you know, whites make up a percentage of the, what, 50-some percent, 60% of the population of the U.S., so 60% of your team has to be white. Yet they go in and say, well, you know, there's this much percentage of blacks in the country. Why isn't this much percentage of black CEOs? Maybe black people don't want to be CEOs. I I don't know. Um, What I always like – Part of this world – part of the great thing about this country is the freedom that you get to do – what you want and that means making choices that benefit you as an individual not as a group not as a race not as a religion not as a sex not as a gender but out of what you desire to do and if you desire wealth and and status and work that's great maybe you desire a healthy family and 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 a loving caring family where you're there and you nurture one another and so you don't take those jobs because you want to spend more quality time and you sacrifice the wealth but those are all freedoms of, of, of decisions that you can make, and there's no demographic or group or slot that you can stick these people in that takes into account freedom. Anyway, sorry. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. So, be ready to go under third further review for week number, what is this, six in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! Number six. Actually, six and a half because we started early, right? Yeah, but it was still six. Okay. All right. So, Let's do this. Let's. Wh- How did I fare this week, Billy? Did I get my ass kicked? Because I went with I went with the uh, I went with the alphabet. Well, we're gonna go here. Uh, All right. Up first, we had Washington State at. Okay, headed into the week, um, our scores <laughs> were as follows. You were in third at twenty nine out of forty five. I was in second at thirty out of forty five, and Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. Was in first at 31 out of 45. So first okay. up, Washington State at Oregon. Using my alphabetical scientific method, I picked Washington State. Correct. All three of us did. Now Luke Falk threw for 280 yards and three touchdowns, and the Cougars held Oregon scoreless after the first quarter for a 33 to 10 victory Sunday night at Autzen Stadium. Could, could we call that a beatdown? Was that a beatdown, Billy? Yeah, he pretty much did. Now, okay. Eric, Eric Powell contributed the victory with field goals from 25, 52, 47, and 29 yards. Now, Oregon true freshman quarterback Braxton Burmeister made his first college start and threw for 145 yards and a touchdown for Oregon, but he also threw two interceptions. Hmm. And if Oregon 
might be in trouble if they don't get uh, Justin Herbert back. Mm. It might be a tough I one. Sure, I sure hope they don't. <laughs> mm. So we all got the point there. Up next, Beach, Arizona at Colorado. I would like Civil War this year to mean something. Like, who's better? <laughs> like, like, mm-hmm. like, one goes to the toilet and one stays at the at the water level, you know, and one goes down. Mm-hmm. That's what I want it to mean. Okay, um, Arizona, Colorado. Using again my mathematical equation, we went with Colorado. Yeah, all three of us did. Now, Arizona backup quarterback Khalil Tate rushed for 327 yards, a FBS record by a quarterback and accounted for five TDs to help Arizona hold off Colorado 45-42 to on Saturday. Now, Tate entered the game after Brandon Dawkins took a late hit out of bounds on the opening drive. Dawkins stood on the sideline for the rest of the game with his helmet in his hand as Tate flawlessly orchestrated the offense. Now, Philip Lindsay sparked the offense for Colorado with a career-high 281 yards rushing and three TDs on a school record 41 carries. Holy crap. Yeah. So after this game, all I can say is neither of those teams play very good defense. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, 41 carries, 281 yards. That That's a hell of a workload. Wow. Yeah. So we all lost that one. All lost that one. Up next, Beach, Stanford at Utah. Um, well, uh, I went with Utah. I did too. Kyle went with Stanford. And actually, I can see it here where I started writing S, but then I wrote Utah. Should have stayed with Stanford, Beach. Running back Bryce Love ran for 152 yards in a TD, and Stanford handed the Utes their first loss of the season, 23-20. Now, Utah bottled up the nation's leading rusher in Love for most of the night, but on his 18th touch, he made two defenders miss as he ran through the hole for a 68-yarder that put the Cardinal up 23-13. to Wow. Yeah. Guy's damn fast. He's run for, like, 1,200 yards in, like, six games. And, and Kyle's taken away with a lead on this thing. Yep, after that one. Okay, up next, Beach, you, uh, Cal at University of Washington. Again, we went with Washington. Correct. Uh, all three of us did. Now, freshman Hunter Bryant had nine catches for 121 yards and a TD, and Nate Browning threw for two scores and ran for another as number six Washington cruised to a 38-7 victory over Cal on Saturday night. Now, as good as Bryant's, as good as Bryant was in a breakout performance, Washington's defense was even better. Cal was held to 46 total yards in the first half, and the Bears finished with just 93 yards total, thanks to losing 41 yards on the final play of the game when a field goal attempt was mishandled. Now, the 93 yards are the fifth fewest allowed by Washington in school history, and the fewest since holding Oregon State to 83 in 1991. And yes, I was at that game in 1991. But the Beef scored first. They led three to nothing. <laughs> and then it went downhill from there. Yep, only team to score first on our, on Washington all year. And then after that, it was just ugly. So we got the point there. Um. So. Okay. So what's next? Um, up next, Beach, the last game of the week, Oregon State at USC. Well, I adjusted my math and 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 corrected for the square root of pi, and and ultimately my math said I should pick Oregon State. 
Yep, and we all took it right in the shorts. <laughs> Sam Darnold threw for 316 yards and three TDs. Ronald Jones, the second, ran for a score, and the number 14 Trojans beat Oregon State 38-10 to on Saturday. Now, Artavis Pierce rushed for a six-yard TD in the fourth quarter and had 60 yards in place of starter Ryan Nall, who did not play due to a sprained left ankle. Now, quarterback Daryl Gerritsen was 16 of 29, passing for 197 yards and was intercepted by cornerback Jake Jones on Oregon State's first drive. Now, the first quarter summed up the inefficiency as Oregon State recovered um, the special team's mistake of a fumbled punt by USC at 29. And they also recovered Darnold's fumble at the USC 23, but failed to score on either possession after Jordan Choker had a 46-yard field goal blocked by Jones and missed a 37-yarder try wide left. Now, Choker did make a 33-yard field goal in the second quarter. You know, they gave them such great opportunities, and we just couldn't get it done. The offense was just – its to say it's anemic is – is, uh, it, 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 is you, And you said, I mean, even if we're not calling the right plays, at least execute the right – the wrong plays well. <laughs> yeah. You, you know? Yeah. I mean, we – it's like, like and you know what? Well, the, it's yeah. It's like you're wondering if are we even practicing? Well, the worst because part it almost looks this, like we're playing. The worst part about this beach is we have had such poor quarterback play, mm-hmm. and this coaching staff has, you know, you can say run off or had guys leave, you mm-hmm. know, and up a, up till a couple weeks ago when he got hurt, Luke Del Rio. Mm-hmm. who was here, was mm-hmm. starting at Florida. Marcus McMarion, who led the Bees to several wins last year, has been having, you know, pretty success, has been doing okay down starting at Fresno State. And why did we let them go? And Kyle Kempt, who they ran off after their first spring practice, well, you know, he's playing for Iowa State, and he just led Iowa State to a win over number three Oklahoma in Oklahoma. Why did we let them go? Well, because they didn't fit the offense that Oregon State was running to run. My biggest issue with that is you play the guys you have. You might it, not want to run a certain kind of offense, but you turn you you change your system around to the talent you have. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it should be. And I th- I think that's part of it that probably played in the decision of uh, Anderson leaving too. Well, tell you why your offense isn't doing well. <sighs> These are guys that it makes it look like, well, we don't think they can play at this level. Well, And obviously you, they can. You know, it, it reminds me of just running basic employees. You know, you, you try to diminish their, their weaknesses and you exploit their talents. Mm-hmm. That's what you do for an employee. Yeah. When a guy does something really well over here, but he doesn't do something really well over the, you know, does something poorly over here, mm-hmm. you make him do the thing he does really well and you try not to make him do the thing that he's not good at. Yeah, exactly. And and if that's if they're trying to run an offense and not try to utilize the talent and force the talent to work around what they want them to do, then you're going to fail. Correct. All right, Bean. So after all that, let's look at the B at the uh, Pac-12 in the polls. In the AP poll, Washington's up to number five. Washington State at number eight. USC at number three. Stanford at 23, and Utah's in the other receiving votes categories. That means Beach, the B's last three games were against number eight, number five, and number 13. 
Okay. Yeah. So brutal. if we're going to lose, we're going to lose against really good teams. I guess. Uh, in the USA Today, Coaches Poll, Washington's up to number four. Wazoo's up to nine. USC is up to 13. Utah's down to 23. And Stanford's at number 25. Okay. So we're climbing in there. All right, Beach. it is time for this week's Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week Award. What do you think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. Every week we'll discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beej, we've got a first. Because it's not going to a fan. It's not going to a leader. It's not going to a player. It's going to a network. Really? So, Beej, Washington coach uh, Chris Peterson last week is the latest Pac-12 coach to vocally criticize the conference's scheduling practices, has the Huskies face had yet another late game. All five of UW's games this season have started at 5 p.m. or later. And mm-hmm. last week's game with Cal and this week's game at Arizona State are slated to start at 10.45. Well, 7.45 local. Yeah. So they're not giving Washington the 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 uh, national recognition or national audience well, that they really deserve for well, their their ranking. They're getting a very late time slot. Now this is what Peterson said last week. We want to play at one o'clock. It hurts us tremendously in terms of national exposure. No one wants to watch our game on the East Coast that late, and we all know it. Now he continued, "It's painful for our team. It's painful for our administration, and we know certainly the most important part. It's painful for our fans." Mm-hmm. Now, on Saturday's coverage, ESPN analyst Kirk Herbstreet had kind of a strange take on the matter on game day on Saturday, as he seemed to argue Peterson and the Huskies should just be happy to be getting exposure on ESPN at all. Now, this is what Herbstreet said. As an advocate on the show for the Pac-12 for the last 20 years, wanting to try to bring as much exposure to that conference as we can, you should be thanking ESPN for actually having a relationship thanks to Larry Scott, who's the Pac-12 commissioner, with the Pac-12, because now your games are seen. And that's what he said. Now, where did Herb Street, did he play for, who did he play for? He played at Ohio State. Now, okay. the, the, the guys calling the game for ESPN, Mark Jones and Rod Gilmore, also had more to say about it. Now, during the game, they put up a, uh, a graphic that said, Pac-12 games that start at or after 9 p.m. Eastern average 38% more viewers than earlier kick times. Which, my reply to that is, well, no shit. You know why? They've got like two games to choose from at that time. As opposed to five or six games earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. And no games on the East Coast are going to be kicking off that late. So Mm -hmm. you really have only a couple choices. So, of course, they're going to have more viewers. Because they're spread, yeah, but they're not doing it as comparison with what the people have choices of. Yeah. Now, Rod Gilmore said after that graphic came up, he said Peterson's entitled to his own opinion, but not his own facts, and his facts were wrong. No, they're not. He never said that. We don't get. He said we don't get national exposure. He said at one o'clock. And and thirty-eight percent of those viewers—that's all West Coast viewership. It's probably all West Coast viewership, anyways. I know. Yeah. Now. 
The duo went on to briefly go back and forth about the fact that despite the time slots and a week schedule last season, the Huskies made the college football playoff. Right? Now the Huskies mm-hmm. do they are they are sitting in the top ten and have realistic aspirations of playing in the college football. But obviously Pearson's not the first coach uh, in the Pac twelve to voice his disapproval for scheduling the season, nor the first in recent history. Arizona's Rich Rodriguez was very vocal about his displeasure with his scheduling two years ago, saying in 2015, quote, don't go on your soapbox and talk about student-athlete welfare and then have these kids get back at 5 or 6 in the morning. If we're in it for that part of it, there's got to be a better way. At some point, the conference has to have the ability to step in and say, hey, give this team one afternoon road game. Maybe all the rest are at night, but give them one break so they can get home at a reasonable hour. It's silly. It really is. Right? Now, we mm-hmm. know Oregon has bitched about this. Oregon mm-hmm. State has also bitched about this. And already this season, Kyle Whittingham at Utah, David Schott, Stanford have weighed in on late starts on the Pac-12's uh, weekly weekly teleconferences. Now, to add insult to injury, Beach, during the broadcast, ESPN put up a rubric of several teams that might make it into the college playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it with it, it showed their out-of-conference schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were playing up how tough, quote-unquote, tough Alabama's was. Now, mm-hmm. granted, Alabama did play Florida State in that first game, but they also played Fresno State, who Washington also played out of conference. They mm-hmm. played Colorado State, who ain't that great. And they don't play nine conference games. They play a fourth nine conference claims. They're playing Mercer. Uh, one double-A school. On November 18th. What you would refer to as their bitch boy. Yeah. So they they, 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 they they boost all this up about how that's good. Then they cut to the on-field reporter at the game. Who wants to do a representation of Washington's out-of-conference schedule? And as he says each team name, Rutgers, Fresno State, and Montana – he lays down a cupcake, an actual cupcake, and says, cupcake, 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 or cream puff, depending on how you look at it. Wow. Yeah. So my thing is ESPN, shut up and report the freaking you know, game. You know, you know, can I, okay. You, you, you want to know why your, your ratings are, are lagging? Mm-hmm. Because of this kind of crap, you know, it's it's funnier than hell. You and I were talking about this earlier, but and again, I don't care if you're a Trump fan or not. When he puts his crosshairs on you and he starts pointing out stuff, mm-hmm. people start realizing what the hell's going on, and it doesn't impact. Okay, he st- he attacked the New York Times, and now it's referred to as the failing New York Times, mm-hmm. and it's failing. He went after, uh, let's see, what else? Oh, CNN, and. <laughs> And it's fake news and it's being destroyed. And now we attack the NFL and the NFL is just getting hammered. And so much so that I heard today that the uh, the um, was it is it Goodell? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came out and he actually had a press conference. I didn't read the whole statement, but he's saying you he said this kneeling has got to stop. This is dividing our audience from us mm-hmm. and it's hurting us because you know why? People just because, want to watch freaking football. Exactly. They don't want the political statement. They just want to watch a good football game, and they don't want these jackasses who are getting paid millions of dollars a year making them feel like 
<laughs> like, yeah. oh, I'm a poor dude. I'm working my ass off for forty five grand, and you're making millions, and you're the one taking the knee, and I'm the one proud to put my hand across my chest. You yeah. arrogant prick! Yeah. <laughs> God. And, and they don't want all the political crap. They just want no, to watch no, football. they don't. But but it, it it puts a divide though between the players and their audience when they yeah. start seeing this crap. Well, and so so back back to ESPN though. They're just. But ESPN's doing the same thing here. They're 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 they're, they're, they're bringing themselves. a they're bringing a fight with the Pac-12 conference. And yeah. I'll tell you, I don't care who you are. The Pac-12 conference is a damned important conference in this. Mm-hmm. You know, and if they're going to start picking a war, they're going to lose because I'll tell you that they don't. The Pac-12, none of the conferences need ESPN anymore. It's just a matter of time before you're going to stream direct and you're just going to buy it from an app. Yeah. And you don't need ESPN to be the middleman anymore. Nope. And and with with arrogant actions like and I like Kurt uh, Hemstreet. I've always enjoyed his I do too. his commentary. But if you're going to start picking uh, this kind of crap up, you're going to lose people. Well, and and the other thing I'll say is, I mean, we're the jackasses up at seven o'clock in the morning, watch. our time watching his crap. Yeah, my 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 thing with with this is, watch what you do because you're going to awaken a giant at Washington. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, all this stuff is going to be put on a sizzle reel and played before games. Mm-hmm. And football and, is a game of emotion, and you're giving these guys a bunch of ammo. And and when they get the national audience, when they do go for the for the uh, national championship, you imagine the middle finger they're going to give ESPN for it? Oh, yeah. And so part of the thing was ESPN was also going, well, you know, uh, Coach Peterson's kind of ornery and cantankerous because – he didn't give us any media availability this week because most coaches, when there's, they'll, they'll sit down and talk with the, with the team, with the, uh, the team of guys that's, that's broadcasting the game to answer questions, yeah. give them some feedback and that kind of stuff. Kind of like Leach's, Leach's, uh, yeah. well, Leach's impressive thoughts that he offers to everybody. Yeah. Pe- Peterson <laughs> didn't do that last week. How come? Because he never fucking does it. <laughs> it's not part of his thing, huh? No. He doesn't do it for anyone. He just doesn't like it. He doesn't do it. So they're calling him out on this, and it's like, it ain't just you guys. He does it with everybody. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so ESPN. That cupcake crap is bull. ESPN, for being as unprofessional as possible, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the Week War. All right, Beach, we're going to keep moving along here. Um, okay. It is time for the musical interlude of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so this movie that this, that this comes from is a okay. 1997 American comedy crime film starring John Cusack and Minnie Driver. Ooh, I love this one. Yeah. So it's not uh, really a crime film. It's more of like a dark comedy, isn't it? A little bit. Uh, it also has Dan Aykroyd and Alan Arkin in it. Now there's a lot of great eighties, uh, music in this movie. The soundtrack was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. the movie is called gross point blank. In it, professional assassin Martin Blank, who is uh, uh, Cusack, Cusack, uh, he finds himself depressed and disillusioned with his work. Now, a major problem is his chief rival. He's trying to incorporate the hitman business, but it puts him at lethal odds because he's unaffiliated. unaffiliated. Uh-huh. They're trying, trying to unionize, aren't they? Yeah. Now, following a botched contract, Martin receives an invitation to his 10-year high school reunion in his hometown of Gross Point, Michigan. So initially, if you're elected to attend, he's persuaded to go by both his therapist and his secretary, and she books him a contract in Michigan that coincides with the reunion, ostensibly to make amends to the client whose contract was botched. And it kind of goes on from there. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a great, great little movie. movie. Great little movie. Yeah, I love that movie. It's a great movie. And like I said, excellent soundtrack. Right? Mm-hmm. And so lots of different kinds of music on there. But one of my favorite songs on there is by a band that's had a couple hits over the, the, the over the years they were around, but nothing really huge. They had one that got a lot of MTV play. But this song is called We Care A Lot <laughs> by the artist Faith No More. <laughs> now, in it, it's just great because it's just kind of random. Um, Doesn't reference the Transformers? It talks about Transformers. It talks about like... Um, the ozone layer. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so in it, the literally, the, the one guy wrote it. He goes, I wrote all the things he cared about, and I just wrote the part that says, it's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. So, yeah, they talk about the garbage pail kids. They mm-hmm. talk about the food that Live Aid bought. They talk uh-huh. about the LAPD. <laughs> it's 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 hilarious. Transformers, because there's more, more than, than meets, meets the, the eye. eye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just it's just funny. I love it. So here is Faith No More with We Care A Lot.
I just enjoy that song, Beach. You know, they had that other hit where the video on MTV had the fish that yeah. was flopping around and that died, was, yeah. and they got a lot of grief for that one. Yeah, that was epic. Yeah, epic. epic? Uh, epic. Well, the, okay, yeah. But I I always liked them. Are they still playing? I don't know if they're still around. Huh, interesting. I don't know if they are. Because they, they, kind of, they were just right at that kind yeah. of end of the rock band, early part yeah, of grunge. They, they were kind of grungy. They were kind of weird is what they were. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, of uh, shoot, who's the, the guy that we talked about? Um, Bad Habit and all that. Um, offspring. Oh, the a little bit, of, yeah. a little bit of offspring. That bit. kind of, that kind of angry white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah. Actually, but you know, the the guy that's the lead singer for the offspring is amazingly intelligent. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, incredibly. He's incredible smart. if you ever look at the guy. But anyways, um, so yeah, so epic, and they also had another good song called "Falling to Pieces." Hmm. That that's really good too. Well, they've got a couple more than that, but anyways, <laughs> but um, so that that version of uh, Faith No More was with the original lead singer. Now, the lead singer that does the other songs that most people know about, um, when he sings that song, he'll throw a little bit of um, the right stuff in there. I've seen him by the by uh, the new kids on the block. Oh, yeah? He throws in like seven seconds of the of the right stuff. It's hilarious. So now, is it are they all in the same band? Is it just a guy choosing to, to lead sing the song, or did they get a different lead singer? They got a different lead singer. I didn't know that. He's, he's the guy you would know from... Um, isn't that called Epic, or was that the name of the um, album? Yeah, the dude with the real long, the dude with the real long hair who's like jumping up and down. And he's wearing the the flannel shirt and stuff. Yeah. So and he and he looks like he looks like he's got some emotional issues. Yeah. So so Epic is the name of that. Yeah. yeah. He didn't sing. He didn't sing that song. No, he doesn't. Well, not this version, not the recorded version that you hear. There's some really? live versions with him doing it. Yeah. Oh. Dude, I'll totally have to listen to that. I never, I didn't realize they switched lead singers. Yeah, so Epic is actually off of the real thing. All right. Anyways. Okay. We're we're, we're getting off in the weeds here. This is gonna be a long <sighs> show as it is. All right, Beach. I'm, we're, I'm so sorry, people. Okay. Yeah. What do we got next, Billy? All right, Beach. Uh, we're going to uh, preview week number seven in the Pac-12. Okay. All right, Beach. We got one game on Friday, October 13th. I've got Kyle's email ready to go. Okay. First up, number eight, Wazoo at Cal. Who you got? Uh, we're going to do with a different mathematical equation. This time we are going to take the second letter of the acronym or the short name for it. And we're going to go with the low letter. Okay? Okay. No, let's go with the high letter. High letter. Okay. So we're going to take Wazoo because S comes before A. Okay. okay. Um, I, too, am taking Wazoo. Kyle said, did you see the new Star Wars trailer? <sighs> it was it was pretty damn awesome. That's the only reason why NF- the NFL got any ratings on Monday night. I know. <laughs> um, so Kyle continues. Wazoo at Cal, Luke freaking Skywalker. Wazoo. I have no idea why, but okay. Yeah, okay. Dude, Luke looks awesome in that movie. Uh, it's interesting. I'm getting excited to see. Yeah. It's oh, interesting. Ah, getting a full-on chub just thinking about it. Okay. Okay. All the rest of our games are on Saturday, October 14th. Next up, Utah at USC. Ooh, this one's gonna be close, but see, T becomes before or T comes after S, so we go with T. Utah. Ooh, really? Mm-hmm. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Or T comes after S. Yeah, and I'm going with the letter that's after, right? Yeah. Okay. S is after A. T is after S. So, no, okay. we're good. Utah. Right. Utah's going to kick USC's. USC's not that good. All right. I, too, am taking – I mean, they, I mean, like it really takes some kind of talent to beat Oregon State. I, too, am taking Utah. Kyle says, why is there a guinea pig flying the Millennium Falcon? USC. Ooh, Kyle's going USC. Ooh. 
you know, all they're doing is cute factory. Like he like groans like a freaking Wookiee in that little piece. Aren't they? Aren't they porgs or something? They're called porgs. Or I something. I don't know. They're like a little bird otter thing. That's like let's take something really cute and put it in there. Oh, otters are cute. Okay, but let's make him look like a bird. Okay, it's a little bird otter. I swear. <laughs> Next up, UCLA at Arizona. C versus R. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. But let's go with Arizona. Okay. Um, Kyle said, those new gorilla adats look awesome. Arizona. I'm going to take UCLA. I'm huh? a week off. <laughs> um, uh, the the those... adats do have some heavy armor on oh them. Oh, my God. They look crazy, don't they? <laughs> look like just beasts. I know. Oh. Okay. They, but why are you making machines with legs like that? Mm. All you need is a rope and a freaking thing, and you'll take them down. No. Up so. next, beads, Washington at Arizona State. Um, You know, my theory cancels on this, but we're going <laughs> to avoid it. Let's go with Washington. Washington gets a free pass. <laughs> Kyle says, Kylo Ren cries too much for a bad guy. Washington. He is kind of a little crying little bitch, isn't he? Kind of a little millennial snowflake, isn't he? Well, what, what I can't figure out is he's got this black, like, Band-Aid going on on half the freaking trailer, and then he shows his scar. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you? Is it a Band-Aid? Is that like is, – is, is, yeah. I don't know. Carbon fiber Band-Aid that you wore off because now your scar's all healed from know. getting cut in the face with a lightsaber? I, I too, am taking Washington Beach. Up next, Oregon at Stanford. Oh, Stanford's going to beat the crap out of those little bitch boys. Um, yeah, because T comes after R. Kyle says, did the trailer really give away the fact that Kylo Ren blows up his mom's battleship? Stanford. I'm thinking he's going to come. I think he's going to, I don't, I think he's going to uh, stop short. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't really? think he's going to kill Leia. I don't think he's going to do it. I mean, it's one thing to kill your dad, but I mean, I that's that Oedipus complex going on, right? I still think that Han Solo offered himself up. You you think he? What do you mean? I think he offered himself up. You think he just went in and sacrificed himself? Yeah, if you listen to the dialogue there, when he's asking for help, uh huh, and Han's like, "I'll do whatever I can for you." I think he offered himself up. My personal opinion. Okay, up next, Bees, last game of the week: Colorado at Oregon State. You know what? This could be the only game we could win. So I'm going to go with Oregon State. And R falls after O. I am two. I'm taking Oregon State. Kyle said, I am one with the force. The force is with me. I am one with the force. The force is with me. I am one with the force. The force is with me. Go Beavs. So Kyle's taking the Beavs. You there? Beach? I'm sorry. Hit me. I'm I'm here I'm here. So you gotta mute, mute you gotta mute before you start coughing. Oh I'm sorry I didn't know what if I hit it or if it didn't hit it and I was hacking up a lung. Yep. So uh, okay. Heading hey. head, head into this we were gonna have a Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke play of the week. Uh-huh. Where we got to see Odell Beckham Jr. break his ankle. Uh huh. But we're not gonna see but it we're now. We're not gonna see it because this show is already pretty long. Okay, but I was gonna do my my cheaters and whores. Yep. Well, we're going to talk about the uh, – so we're going to skip the Tanner Boyle. We're going to talk okay. about the tailgate. Are we going to get that ne- – are we going to do that next week? Uh, possibly. Uh, they're right. not really they're not really specific, you know, in time. Yeah. So uh, we are going to talk about the um, the uh, tailgater the, the, this week 
for the Colorado game. So we have a one o'clock kickoff. That makes it a breakfast. So we're going to do breakfast. So what we're thinking is, Beach, like a Denver omelet-style egg casserole with onions and yes. peppers and ham. So we're doing a Colorado omelet casserole. Okay. Right? Yep. And then I've got steak fingers and country gravy coming in. Okay. We can put the gravy on top of the omelet. Correct. I've uh-huh. got a bunch of uh, steak in the freezer. That's been okay. marinating for about three months. Wow. So, Stuff's got to break apart. Yeah, it's gonna. we probably got about uh, five or six pounds of that. So I figured between the steak fingers, the steak, and I was going to buy some more sausage. Does stuff marinate in the freezer when it's frozen? Well, it marinated, and then I froze it. And okay. what I will do is thaw it out and cook it. Okay. And, and so we're just, we're just going right. to cook that steak on the flat top. Okay. We're not going to do it on the grill, just right on the flat top. That works for me. Yep. And then I was also going to get some more sausage because that seemed to go over really well last time. Oh, the babes love our sausage. And then the other thing you wanted was pancakes. I do. I like pancakes. So we're going to have pancakes and warm syrup for you. You got to have warm syrup. Are we, we're, you know, we, we've, we're not heathens, dude. We're not cooking over an open fire and riding Conestoga wagons across the trail. Correct. So okay. anything else you want to add? I was also going to get um, stuff to make mimosas and to make Bloody Marys. Um, Anything else that you need? think we need to get? I'm thinking we're pretty good. I hope we have some audience. I mean, I don't know if anybody will show up because we don't I, have a coach. I think there'll be a lot of people there. Okay. They come for the tailgater. They don't come for the game. They come for the tailgater. Well, I, I, I told somebody else that if the if the outcome of the season was dependent on the tailgaters, Beavs would be unfreaking defeated right now. <laughs> totally. I think we're averaging I we got to be averaging about 80 people at tailgate, do you it's, think? It's doing really good. People are enjoying yeah. it. So and we're supposed to have good weather on Saturday. I people saw my tent. I showed them a picture of our tent and they're like, "Oh my god, it's huge." I know I'm like, I know. I hear that so often. Yeah. All right, Beach. So anything else we need to add to the uh, menu for the tailgater? I think we're good, Billy. Let's make it quick and and easy and dirty and it'll be fine. Speaking of that, here's Beach's Cheaters and Horrors. She's just a girl. She's a ball. Cheaters and whores. Well, we can also call this week's hookers and blow. Oh, nice. We did you hear about this? Did you hear about this, Billy? Oh, did yes, you hear about I did. this? I did hear about okay, this. Okay, I sent you a link on your Facebook. So if you look to your Facebook messenger, I sent you a link to the video. If you haven't seen the video. Oh, I've seen it. So today's cheaters and whores has to do with hookers and blow. Dolphins mm. O-line coach Chris Forster resigns after video shows him snorting white powder. Okay, so Miami Dolphins offensive line coach Chris Forrester resigned Monday after a video that surfaced on social media of him snorting a white powder. Forrester said in a statement that he will seek professional help. I am resigning from my position with the Miami Dolphins and accept full responsibility for my actions, Forrester said. I want to apologize to the organization, and my sole focus is on getting help that I need with the support of my family and medical professionals. This was Forrester's second stint with the Dolphins and second season with the team, which also released a statement. We were made aware of the video late last night and have no tolerance for this behavior, the team said. After speaking with Chris this morning, he accepted full responsibility and we accept his resignation effective immediately. Although Chris is no longer with the organization, we will work with him to get the help he needs during this time. In the video, Forrester is seen using a $20 bill to snort the powdery substance off a table while speaking into the camera saying, Hey, I miss you. Thinking about you. 
How about me going to a meeting and doing this before I go? I saw no signs of this happening. I'm still shocked, to be honest. Backup offensive tackle Eric Smith said Monday. Still to this moment, it's been about 12 hours since I've seen the video, and I'm still in shock. I have no true expression or emotion that I can express for the situation right now. It's a lot to take in. You don't see this every day, definitely not with every team. Forster, who turns 56 on Thursday, was one of the highest paid assistant coaches in the NFL at a salary valued between $2.5 million and $3 million a year. And he just snorted that crap right up his nose. This is what's interesting. Did you hear how the video was released, Billy? He sent it to a stripper. The model, not a stripper. Sorry. Their escorts and their models. Please, Billy, have some standards. Okay. The model behind the release of the video featuring offensive line Chris Forrester snorting a white powder before a meeting leaked the damning clip. Uh, leaked the damning clip in response. This is her crap. Leaked the damning clip in response to the intense political climate, according to recent Facebook posts. In a since-deleted comment, Las Vegas-based Kiwana Nige said coaches should take responsibility for their actions as players who protest during the national anthem are chastised over their decisions on whether to stand. In quotes on her social media, the white people made at me like I forced blow down this man's nose and I like I recorded it on the low. That's what she said. shared on Facebook. That's what she said. The white, I'm not making this up. The white people mad at me like I forced blow down this man's nose and like I recorded it on the low. Now, the relationship between Forrester and Nige is not clear, but I can bet while she didn't take anything up her nose, she probably took something down her throat. <laughs> wow. That's All right. <laughs> So basically, if you're going to do blow, don't let a hooker. Don't Skype with a hooker. Don't Skype with a hooker. What is it? No sex in the champagne room. And there's no Skyping with the hookers. All right. Well, after this entertaining episode number 98 of illegal participation i want to thank everyone for listening if you'd like to comment send a suggestion or ask a question there's a few ways to get in touch with us heinertailgator at gmail.com at heinertailgator on twitter and also check out heinertailgator on facebook remember listen subscribe on itunes leave a rating and review i will try to look at those next week beach is awesome love him sexiest man on the podcast Beach. that's what i want to hear next week number show number 99 99 and it'll be a 90. bye it'll be a bye week Anyways. Okay. Anyway, so I hope everybody has a great week. I want to see a bunch of people out there for that game on Saturday. And let's We're get Wear orange and let's get it with a great big go beeves. Your time, but it's-
All right. I liked it. It was good. It went long, but, you know, I've never heard any women complain when it's too long. Yeah. Well, we're at 117, 118 minutes or an hour and 18 minutes right now. So that's good. That, that, That extra 18 minutes. All righty. That was a quick connect. Yeah, I was waiting for you. Okay. Sounding better. Good. And I don't think we have the lag either. Nope, no lag. Good, 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 good. Do that. Do this. 